Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the special edition episode of Made It Happen podcast in partnership with Epicenter's Venture Women program. You'll be hearing from current participants from the program about their experience, their business, and their journey to entrepreneurship. The Venture Women program is aimed to provide tailored training and support for women changemakers looking to reimagine the future. Epicenter strives to build a more inclusive, innovative ecosystem for women by providing female founders and co-founders the opportunity to explore their ideas, increase their entrepreneurial skills, expand their network, and build a business that is future-proof. You can learn more about this program at epiccenterewindsor.ca slash epicventurewomen. Enjoy! Thank you, everyone, for joining me here today, and I'm so excited to be speaking with all of you, but this episode is going to be a little bit different as I'm going to be handing over the host to Sydney Thompson of the Epicenter um, Venture Women Program specifically is what we're, we're all going to be sort of discussing today. So, um, Sydney, I'll let you take it away. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you so much for agreeing to be a, a panelist here on your own podcast show, which I think is very unique. So extremely excited to to be here and talk uh, more with you both today. So first, uh, can we kick it off? Can we start by having each of you introduce yourself? So Sarah, why don't we start with you and then we'll we'll go over to Jillian and Stephanie. Sounds good. So as many of you know, um, I'm Sarah Hafling, and I am the founder and host of this podcast, Made It Happen. Um, I'm also recently starting started a business um, called Elevate Podcast Company. And so this is a podcast management and production agency for entrepreneurs and business owners. I have a background in business and marketing from Western University, and I also work in marketing, social media, and communications. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Stephanie, how about you? Hi there. I'm Stephanie Seagabe Thiessen, co-founder of McCallum and Thiessen Development, also a mom of three. And my background is I have an MBA and background in political science and developmental service work. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steph. And I'll pass it over to Jillian. Awesome. Thanks, Sydney. Um, so again, my name is Jillian McCallum and co-founder of McCallum and Thiessen Development. Um, I am a native to Kingsville, Ontario. Um, these days you can either find me sipping on a glass of vino or hitting up the links. Um, and I, by trade, I'm a massage therapist, but over the last several years I've had a, um, a great desire for, um, development and, um, rental properties and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the background. Awesome. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. And welcome again to, to our podcast episode today. Can we also start by having uh, each of you two introduce us and tell us a little bit more about your business? I know, Sarah, you gave us a little bit of a, a teaser to your business, but did you want to include anything else as well about 
about what you're working on. Sure. So I guess just for, for a bit, bit of background to how it got started. Um, so I started this podcast in about May of 2020. And um, long story short, I guess through that, there was sort of some some businesses and individuals that started coming to me, you know, about starting a podcast and how how to do this. How did I do this? And I mean, in the beginning, it definitely took a lot of a lot of trial and error and research and a lot of time to develop. And so eventually, it was actually um, when from Epicenter who who said, you know, you could really start a business out of this and help other people start podcasts because it it definitely is a sort of relevant industry right now, um, and a lot of people are looking to sort of get into that. And so that's sort of where the idea of it first started. Um, and so now it's you know it, I launched in January of 2021. And um, since then, sort of February, I've been going through the Venture Women, which we'll get into. But yeah, that's just a little bit of background on it. And Jillian and Stephanie, can you tell us a little bit more about your business, but also talk about as well, what also made you want to start this type of business too? Sure. So in a nutshell, we are specializing in building small homes So these homes are typically called additional dwelling units, and they're often located on an existing property. Um, But a little bit of background into how we got started. Um, Jill and I actually ended up working together in the not-for-profit sector for many years. And um, we came to find out that we both had some side hustles in the real estate space. And I, for many years, well over a decade, um, had been buying, renting, renovating homes, and um, just really wanted to scale up on that work. And Jill had been doing the same. And uh, yeah, so we really had some common interests there and COVID really created an opportunity to bring those forward. I don't know, Jill, if you wanna add to that. Awesome. So Steph had mentioned that um, I was building a coach house um, or a small coach house on the back of um, one of our properties for another business that um, I own. And through that, we just kind of chatted about um, how these small units could um, be really helpful for so many people right now, um, especially in COVID, uh, where I'm sure aware of the climate. So um, we thought that this time is you know, amazing to try to um, capitalize on that. Um, so we both worked at a agency, as Stephanie mentioned, in not not for profit world, and um, we had the opportunity from time to time to get out and um, to serve some meals to them. Um, and as exciting as that was, and we really liked the change of pace, you know, it was it saddened us at the same time because we were going into these smaller homes, or sorry, into the seniors' homes, and they were uh, they were poorly maintained and not really up to date. And um, although the seniors were determined to stay, um, it's maybe not the safest um, or more practical, you know, um, place for them to stay. So we thought, uh, you know, why not do some more research and look at these ADUs um, or laneway homes? And um, through that research, we um, found out that this was gaining more traction. And the reason for that is because a lot of uh, municipalities are changing their bylaws to um, hopefully um, allow the solution and so we thought this is amazing and also um, Stephanie um, purchased a, a lake house property that she wanted to develop and through that um, she learned that um, she needs to become a registered 
home builder um, to um, be able to build and then also flip. So from there, she took the necessary courses and steps to become a registered home builder um, through Tarion in Ontario. And from there, that was just amazing because it opened a lot of doors for us um, to start like um, start building these new homes, um, the tiny homes. So um, from there, we just ran some numbers and just looked at our business model. And we thought, wow, we have, you know, quite a great concept. So um, we did some more, um, you know, chatting and then um, decided that we would start a business. And then we became incorporated um, not very long ago. So we started viewing the current climate and um, just learned that uh, the housing solutions, there's a wide variety of them. So just brainstorm and thought that these smaller units um, really offered affordable, but also um, beautiful opportunity for new home buyers, sorry, new home buyers, but also, um, you know, uh, couples as well. There's solutions that um, add, you know, some value added product. Great. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Jillian and Stephanie. That was fantastic. We all know each other from the Venture Women program. Would you like to share what made you decide to apply for the Venture Women program? Yeah, for sure. So we had known some of the past participants and we had heard some really good things about the Venture Women program. And at the time, it was just a perfect storm because this information was coming out. At the same time, um, I had decided to finally quit my job um, where I was working in the not-for-profit sector and focus on becoming a registered home builder. And so it really created an opportunity um, for us to push forward with this new business concept. However, um, we felt like we really needed some added support um, to bring us over the finish line. And so we thought by adding this, it would really provide that mentorship and really, you know, the solid group of women to cheer us on to actually make this happen. Because I'm sure, as you all know, um, it's one thing to have that idea and to do the planning, but it's a big jump to move forward. So yeah, that was our main motivation. Sarah, how about you? Yeah, so for myself, um, I, I also had heard about it through some past participants and just through Epicenter itself. And for me, it was a lot of it too was, like Steph said, sort of finding that network of women sort of going through the same things as you. Because, you know, especially for me too, I like I don't have any sort of family that were in entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship at all, which is sort of what prompted the podcast. Um, and so it was really sort of finding those people that are going through those same things that you can really talk about with and, you know, know what you're going through those struggles. And just especially with the mentorship as well in the workshop, it really learning the how of running the business of it, because like Steph said, you can have sort of all of these ideas, but um, it's sort of hard to pinpoint, you know, where to start and what what you should be doing. And, you know, there's things with running a business you don't even think about that, um, you know, the program was really able to bring some light to and, you know, like walk you through it. So, um, yeah, that was sort of my main motivation behind joining. Great. Thank you. I know we're a little out of order here, but I'm going to pass it over to Jillian as well. Yeah, no problem. So, um, agreed with, um, what, what, what both Sarah and Stephanie said. Um, but one last thing I will say is, um, I think it's, you know, again, really important to surround yourself with like-minded entrepreneurs, especially women. I think it's really encouraging. So um, I know Steph and I have had the conversation that um, although, you know, we're networking now and supporting each other, that hopefully that, you know, these types of relationships will um, 
move um, into the future as well. And um, that ongoing support and inspiration, um, you just can't put a price tag on that. So um, I think that opportunity to be part of the Venture Women Program is um, amazing. And so uh, thank you, Sydney, for um, yeah allowing that to happen. Well, I may be a little biased in saying this, but it's been an absolute pleasure as well working with both of you, um, both teams here, as well as the other um, few ventures we've had in the Venture Women Program. So Glad to hear that your experience has been a positive one and uh, look forward to future cohorts, hopefully as well. So through this program, we discuss obstacles that arise with our businesses. Can you share a bit more about the challenges you have overcome as a business and what did you do during these times? So I, I would say the biggest challenge for me is sort of the time management aspect of it. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people can relate one if, if you, you there's a lot of other priorities around it. And so it's sort of, you know, being able to fit everything in. And also when you're running a business, the work never stops. There's always something you can be doing. So I think it's, you know, putting sort of those boundaries in place and, you know, figuring out what, what is the priority at this time and what needs to get done. Um, because otherwise you can be definitely working nonstop. Um, and there's always sort of that next step. So I think that that's sort of been the biggest challenge for myself and and you know some of the ways that I've been working on overcoming that is you know having putting those priorities in place calendar has been amazing and just sort of placing out each day to day and what needs to be done I think has been a huge sort of you know help towards it but um, I think it's definitely something that's always going to be that that learning curve as you go. Definitely. I totally agree with you, Sarah. And I hear this across the board from almost every single entrepreneur. It's really hard to manage a lot of different projects happening all at the same time. And being a business owner, you wear so many different hats that it, it can be challenging as well. But I think over time, you, you get better at it. Um, but also, too, when you welcome other team members, offloading some of that work is also helpful. But um, Jillian and Stephanie, what are some of your comments about, about the barriers and challenges? Yeah, I would definitely say life. Um, certainly. <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, you think you can plan for all of these hurdles. And I think COVID has certainly, um, you know, also really shown us that you have to be flexible and it's really hard to not become discouraged. Um, we've been thrown off course quite a few times um, because of life, because of being a mom because of COVID, you know, you name it. And I think it's really, really um, easy at times to just get discouraged. And um, I found one of the benefits of having a partner um, is that usually when I'm discouraged, Jill's got the confidence and then vice versa. Um, so one of us is usually there um, just to keep pushing forward. Um, yeah. And of course, as Sarah said, you know, the planning and really ensuring that you're um, planning for those obstacles and building a flexible business model so that you can overcome them. Awesome. Yeah. Um, when you said partner stuff, I thought you were talking about Brian. So I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. <laughs> it was me. Um, no, and I will echo that. Um, having Stephanie um, as a partner um, in multiple different worlds, you know, from our previous work to current um, has been amazing. I do feel that we are very similar, but also very different. So I think, you know, the skill set and who we are really, um, we bring both two different things to the table. And I think that's um, amazing. So it has been great to um, have the support um, from staff. 
for over the last several years. Um, so I am still currently working full time um, at another job and then running um, another business um, in addition to McCallum and Teeson Development has um, been, I guess, you know, challenging at times, like as Sarah said, like just the time management piece is um, I, I really took it for granted before because I am I. I find freedom within chaos um, or, you know, somewhere, some part of organized chaos. So I always felt that I had that under control. And then um, I just found like COVID and everything just like itself. Um, I just kind of added um, to that. So just trying to become organized, write myself notes, prioritize um, has been very helpful. And um, yeah, so I would say, yeah, time management, but just trying to yeah, stay on top of things and um, checking with staff from time to time, um, or I guess constantly, um, just to you know, ensure that we're you know, completing tasks and both on the same page. I yeah. think one thing um, that we learned from some of our past business um, endeavors and, and friends that we know are really that you can outsource. So we really decided early on to explore partnerships and we partnered with an architecture firm in Toronto and we really didn't hesitate to reach out to companies that were doing similar things and to get um, request copies of their contracts and to just buy and outsource and where we could and then ensure that we were really prioritizing our time for the greatest value add. Yeah. So Steph, I want to go back to a point that you mentioned about COVID and some of those challenges. It's certainly been a challenging year and a half for so many business owners, but not actually for all. Some have, you know, uniquely found success through the pandemic and online digital tools. So I want to hear from, you know, the both of you about how have how has COVID affected your business and have there been any major pivots that you've had to make over um, the last several months? So um, definitely COVID has created some challenges for our business. I'm sure you've all, um, if you've read a newspaper, you've seen the price of lumber about a month ago. Um, nobody could have predicted that at the start of COVID. So um, certainly wasn't the best time to be pricing new builds. Um, however, you know, so certainly inventory shortages and rising prices were one of the biggest challenges to our business model. Um, however, we knew that these things um, will come down and that there is a temporary cyclical nature to them. So we've learned to be patient and not rush forward and to look at the opportunities that came as a result of COVID and certainly um, it really shone a light on the need for more accessible housing, um, opened up a lot of different government grant opportunities and also partnerships, um, opportunities for collaboration and partnerships. So we were able to reach out to a couple different local agencies who are very interested in collaborating over the long term. Um, so overall, I would say that we've probably um, experienced more opportunities than challenges, but you know, it, it wasn't without, um, some anxiety for sure. And just to, um, step in there to, um, right on the coattails of Steph's, um, first part there, but, um, and also the development world, as Steph mentioned, 
this sector um, specifically, the dynamic has changed drastically. The increase of costs, there's too much work and there's not enough people to do it. Um, so for example, um, at our Main Street house where we were building one of this, like the small coach house, um, we would, you know, try to call people over and over again and they just wouldn't show up. And so why do you want to do one job when you can do a subdivision with, you know, 50 houses on it? That makes perfect sense. So one thing that Steph and I originally were going to do, we thought we would start small and then scale up from there. And we thought, okay, one or two homes or small homes that we would try. And, you know, learning from our past experience and knowing um, what the environment was like, we thought, why not do an inaugural build? We'll try to, um, our goal was 10, or is 10 clients. And so from there, you know, that's easier to price out and um, actually get people to do the work. So that's um, something that we have learned and tried to um, pivot our um, business model um, because of COVID. And then I feel like we both believe that um, in post-COVID, there will be opportunities like Steph had mentioned, um, there's going to be lots of opportunities for collaboration and then funding opportunities as well. So- yeah, and I'll add one thing that with our business model, it actually did shift quite significantly. Um, I had mentioned that we pursued a collaboration with a Toronto partner. But in addition to that, we also explored um, prefab units, which was something that wasn't on our radar. We were focusing entirely, as Jillian said, on custom builds. And through our research around prefab, we learned that it's come a long way in the last decade and that if we can scale up and have some economies of scale, we do have some interested prefab partners. And in the long run, that will give us a more defined price, um, certainly better timelines and ability to you know, offer more volume. So overall, that has been a, a major win. Yeah. So for myself, I guess with the pandemic, you know, I launched, like I said, in January, 2021. So it was, it was already a couple months into the pandemic. So there wasn't really pivots I had to make in that sense, but in a way, I think it, like Steph and Jillian said, it almost created some opportunities for myself because in terms of podcasting, you know, there is sort of those studios you can go to and record, but no one can be doing that during COVID. So that was sort of an opportunity for myself to one, teach people how to do it themselves from home or take on that sort of production side for them. And they don't have to leave their house. You know, even, even some of the biggest podcasts that used to go into studios, now everyone is doing it through Zoom. Everyone's doing it virtually because that's the only way people can right now. And especially I think at this time, I've noticed too, and, and there's been definitely a lot of you know research on this too, is podcasts have definitely sort of boomed during the pandemic. I think, you know, a lot of the production of TV shows and movies had to sort of halt. And so, and even like business owners or entrepreneurs have all been sort of going towards the podcast industry and starting podcasts to really get that message out to people. Um, And they're definitely, you know, accessible and people are always going for walks now and working from home. So I think that it's definitely it's kind of gone both ways with listeners sort of rising, but as well as people wanting to produce. And so that was almost sort of an opportunity for myself is, you know, taking that virtual atmosphere of it and bringing in that podcasting where that you can do it yourself and um, sort of almost leveraging off of that end of it. So in terms of that, yeah, I think there's been a lot of opportunities, um, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, everyone. And I I agree very much with you, Sarah. I think there is a a lot of opportunities. The pandemic, I think, has also shifted our mindset a little bit to think about 
you know, if this happens again, how can I make my business sustainable? How can I make sure that a lot of these things are established, you know, early on to set myself up for being future proof and, you know, just being sustainable because who knows what the future holds? Fingers crossed. We don't ever have to say the word COVID again, um, but who knows, right? There's so much unknown out there. So on that note, let's talk a little bit more about some of the big success moments that really stand out uh, in your business journey. Is there anything particularly that comes to mind? Sure. So I guess when I think of the big moments, um, I think just even getting the first sort of few clients is sort of was definitely a very big win. And a big part of that too, was that it, it all came organically, um, you know, as people who knew me through my own podcast um, and just sort of got the word out about the business. And so that was really great to see. Um, and then on, on the other hand too, I think there is a lot of great media attention that I was sort of surprised by, um, you know, for International Women's Day was sort of one that sort of talked a little bit about the business. And then I was also featured in a business magazine, which I never would have imagined through BizX sort of on the podcast and the business as well. And so I think those were sort of some big moments that it was sort of a pinch me moment. And then I think, you know, being being accepted into the Venture Women program, I think was a huge one as well that I'm definitely grateful for. I would say, you know, when you start a business or you have a new concept and you you know, there's a fear and do you have doubt, you know, are you doing the right thing? You know, are you focusing on, you know, the right types of clients and all that type of stuff. So, you know, through conversations that I had, um, you know, I'm always fearful to have those conversations because people might, you know, laugh at you or, you know, whatnot. And so, but through conversations I've had with a couple of my friends, one specifically stood out to me and, you know, she really thought, oh my gosh, like this is an amazing opportunity for you. And I can actually picture me over time moving my family, you know, my mom and dad, as they get older, I don't want to put them into a home. She has three young ones. And so she could really use the out of support and also have some financial freedom over time. So, you know, just hearing that, you know, she could picture herself and, you know, the thought that, you know, she wanted to tell people about it and she got excited. I felt like that was a big success moment. Yeah, and I would echo Jill and say that we're still early on, so we haven't went to market yet with our housing concepts, but um, certainly our first preliminary discussions with some local partners and organizations and hearing their interest um, and then landing that collaboration um, with the architecture firm and understanding that our models um, and what we hope to get out of our units, um, such as the eco-friendly properties, um, understanding that that was um, a viable component to the design within our price point and really um, seeing that come to fruition, I think was a really uh, happy moment for us. I'd also like to ask too, I'm not going to set a certain time frame on this because I know, you know people love, where do you see yourself in five years? But if you can picture any time at all in the future, what's like a big goal or something you're working towards, like something you see with your business in the future that really excites you and that you hope comes to fruition? Um, so one of uh, few exciting things, um, as Stephanie mentioned, we're you know, in our early stages. So we're 
just about to launch our website um, and start a um, social media campaign on Colvin's or Essex Build Small Project. And um, so it'll be a social media campaign and it'll be a series of information sessions um, that will guide um, our prospective um, clients, um, you know, what that the whole process of, you know, the beginning to the end of having a ADU on the back of your property. So our goal is to secure 10 clients, as I had mentioned before, um, for an ARC or build. And, you know, so if anyone knows anyone that's interested or has any um, further questions, feel free to reach out to Stephanie and or I. We'd be happy to um, talk to you and also check us out on our website as well. For sure. Well, I'll jump in and give a more longer term view. Um, Sydney, if you say five years out, I really see a vision where we're really providing alternative housing for seniors so that they can age in place. And although our year one strategy is to work with 10 homeowners, we're really targeting the Walkerville area, people that are more informed with laneway housing and, um, you know, these type of structures and are looking for a rental but our true passion is really to expand um, housing options for people with disabilities and for seniors. As Jill said, we've seen so many seniors just living in their home, refusing to leave. So our vision is to be able to come in with a turnkey service and really get to a point where we can sit down and show them and their families how we can design a beautiful place in their own backyard for them to move into and they can still be earning money off renting their main home. Um, so we know that this is um, a concept that will really add value in our community and that's where we hope to be in five years. Thank you so much for that uh, Jillian and, and Stephanie and that's a beautiful uh, grand vision as well. Sarah what are some of your your thoughts about the future what do you see for your business and some of those goals? Yeah, good question. I, um, you know, I think some of the future plans is sort of, I'd like to do some almost, you know, courses or master classes around podcasting, um, you know, towards individuals who want to sort of learn to do it themselves in, in the grand scheme, um, you know, one day opening sort of some sort of studio, I think would be, would be really cool to do. And um, I'd also want to, you know, expand to have a focus as well on not-for-profit organizations, because I think that there is so much value in the storytelling of not-for-profits and hearing the impact that they're having. And I think that podcasts can be a really great way of, you know, sharing that message with the community or with any, you know, donors or board members or anyone that's involved in it in any way. And so I think that's definitely something that I want to explore further in the future. But yeah, those are a couple of couple of future plans. That's awesome. I also have a very specific question for you, Sarah, as well, just because I'm curious to know some of your thoughts. Do you think, because a lot of businesses now are coming out with podcasts, um, you know, I, we could look back even just a few years ago, podcast was kind of a trendy term, like they've been around for a while, but not a lot of, I think people listen to them. But now it seems that's a regular question people even include on an interview script or a panel, tell me about a podcast you listen to. So do you think that, you know, that could be a part of every business's future strategy, just like on, you know, Epicenter's website, we have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Do you foresee us in all businesses in the future having like a link to a, a podcast site or do you see all businesses taking on, you know, a podcast or is, is it more niche, do you think? 
I definitely think that any business could definitely benefit from having a podcast. And I'm not just saying that because it's a podcast business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that, you know, especially with social media, something we're seeing is that people want to hear the background story of the business. People want to hear what made you start this and hear more about your expertise. And I think that's sort of where social media is going to. But through a podcast, you can dive into that even deeper and get sort of the full story and really get to know if it's the owner of the business, for example, really get to know them. And, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you can sort of, you think of them like you really do know them or they're your friend and they're, you're talking to them. And, you know, I had someone ask me as well before that, you know, is it too saturated because there's so many podcasts sort of starting to go out there, but I don't think it is just because, you know, there is all those different niches and, you know, everyone has their own audience and it's sort of like social media as well. You don't follow sort of one account there, you know, you listen to multiple ones. And um, I think as long as, you know, you really find that niche. And so for a business, for example, you know, finding that target audience that they're really trying to bring in um, and going towards that in the podcast atmosphere as well, I think that it could really benefit almost any business out there, um, no matter what the industry is. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's a nice lead way into uh, my next couple of questions. That's more about your advice to other people that are potentially thinking of starting a business or, you know, we've talked a little bit about fears and unknowns and step and jumping in and, you know, just that whole, whole umbrella. Um, so let's first, by, I'll start by asking, is there something that people might not see or know about starting or running your own business? Do you have any thoughts around that? Sure. I can jump in there. And I really think that sometimes people really get intimidated by the concept of starting a business and feel that they have to have the most perfect idea. And it's really more about the execution and the planning and the work that goes into that idea. I'm going to guesstimate that probably everyone we know has had 50 to 100 good business ideas And that really, um, it's just that execution and planning. So I think it's worth kind of demystifying that a bit and understanding that it doesn't have to be the most perfect idea. It's really about the execution and planning. Yeah, I I can definitely agree to to that as well. Jillian, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, so why are actually quite simple? Um, I think that um, by surrounding yourself by um, the right people, um, can open a lot of doors. So as a really simple example, um, you know, this is actually in the not-for-profit world that uh, Stephanie is a fantastic grant writer. And, you know, we had opportunities on opportunities um, because of that skill set. And so I think, you know, learning that from her, I surrounded myself with that. And I learned, you know, that there is lots of funding opportunities out there um, and coaches and all that type of stuff. So I think that, yeah, surrounding yourself by the, you know, by with the right people and can really give you a boost and you know, encouragement when you need to and pick you up when you're down and really help you get, um, bring it that extra mile when you need it. So um, that would be my piece of advice is, yeah, surround yourself by good people and a lot of people and, um, you know, you'll uh, succeed from there. Sarah, and how about you? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, something that sort of surprised me when I when I did go into running a business was that sort of everything that people tell you about entrepreneurship is true. Um, you know, some of the things you, like, you know, they'll be like, oh, you work in 16 hour days or, you know, everything comes back on you, good or bad. And, um, you know, you all you have to be wearing all these different hats. And I think that, you know, you don't really understand until you really get into it. Um and it, it definitely is true, but I think it's, you know, learning as you go. And, you know, like Steph said too, it, it doesn't have to be perfect because I think there's so many things that you learn along the way and you don't even know which direction you, you want to go into until you actually get started. And I think, you know, in terms of the fears of, of starting a business, I, you know, Jillian talked about this too, about, um, you know, having those fears before. And I think almost any entrepreneur can relate to it, but I think one thing, you know, I was definitely worried about too was, you know, if people sort of looked at me and said I didn't like have enough experience or I was, I was too young to be, you know, doing it or anything like that. And what was really funny was one of my first clients had said to me, you know, I want to work with you because you're young, because you're on social media and because you're local. And so that sort of you know, shifted my mindset from, you know, okay, maybe this isn't sort of a negative thing. Maybe, you know, I can use this as sort of, you know, a dif differentiating factor out there or something like that. But yeah, it was just something that definitely was interesting and sort of put it into a new perspective for me. Yeah, you all provided really, really great points. And I'd, I'd agree with all of them, especially some of the points you brought up, Sarah. I think some people go into entrepreneurship thinking they have a multi-million dollar idea and it's going to they're just going to start it tomorrow and it's going to launch and grow across Canada. And they don't actually realize there's just so much work that has to go on um, behind the scenes. And so I think that's that's another comment that I would add, too, is that there's actually quite a lot that goes on that people don't actually know about. They don't see you see a product, but you don't see all of the planning, like Steph mentioned, all the, the planning that actually takes place well before that. We never get to see any of that. So sometimes recognition isn't always there. So you truly have to be motivated for what you're doing, which all of you here on today's call, it just shines through you when you talk about your business and you can hear your, you know, your passion and your motivation for starting it. And I think that is one of the most important things when starting a business, because without that, um, when you go through those really low times, which happens as an entrepreneur, it, it can be hard to pick it back up and get back to the, the peak again. So thank you for, for those comments there. What is one piece of advice each of you would give to someone thinking of starting a business? Sarah, let's start with you. Sure. So, I mean, I think you touched on a great one there, right there was, um, you know, you definitely want to love what you're doing and be passionate about that because it is going to be a lot of work. But, um, you know, if there was, there was sort of one other I'd add on top of that is definitely, you know, that rest is productive. I think that it's, it's definitely easy to burn out as, as an entrepreneur. And I think but it's definitely been a big topic, but self-care and, but it is interesting too, because I read a book recently and they said self-care sometimes is actually just doing the work because you can't relax until it's actually done. And so I think that that definitely hit with me and I definitely, you know, can, can relate to that. And so I think just understanding what it is you need at that time as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I think is super important. We probably read the same poster. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Stephanie, how about you? Yeah, I think um, if I was looking towards a younger audience or really anybody, I always approach business owners as being sort of 
all about profit. And now after working in the not-for-profit and charitable sector for so many years, I mean, they're able to do amazing things. But I think it's important to let young people know that government and not-for-profit and charities as great as they are cannot solve the massive tsunami of social and economic problems coming our way. And that entrepreneurship is really, um, I think, just a gift to the world. And we really want to encourage, I think, more people to really see entrepreneurship as something that's really giving back to your community. It's giving back to your country. And it's very admirable. And we need more of it. And um, yeah, so I think that mindset shift is really important. I agree, Stephanie, and that's so much too of the important work we're trying to do at Epicenter and specifically with, with Venture Women program as well. Jillian, I know you've already given us a little pieces of advice, but do you have anything else specific to anyone looking to start their own business? So I do come from a, um, a family that has had entrepreneurs. So my grandfather um, started a business and my father as well. And so one piece of advice that my father or my grandfather passed to my father and my father to myself is always take care of your customer and the rest will fall into place. And I have used that strategy um, when I worked on a cruise ship and massage therapy um, It's up until today um, as I have a rental business. And um, I do feel like that is um, something that I will you know, take forward um, moving, yeah, for the rest of my life. Uh, I think uh, if you can really put that customer first, that the rest will definitely fall into place. And it has, and um, that would be my one piece of advice to someone starting out. Definitely. Customer service is so, so important. Okay, a couple of questions left. I'll start with any future plans for your business you would like to share for our audience members? Yeah, I sort of sort of mentioned, you know, doing hopefully doing some master classes in the upcoming future. Um, and I'd really like to do some information sessions. I, I mentioned sort of the not-for-profit sector, but do some information sessions um just, you know, for free out there that just to show sort of the value of it and you know what it could look like for for not-for-profit sectors. And then other than that, yeah, continuing with with venture women. And um, yeah, that's sort of about it for me. So Jill noted earlier that we're excited because our website will be launching um, early next month. In addition, we're launching a social media campaign and the campaign will really be promoting our different models of small additional dwelling units. And we'll also be promoting some information sessions that we're having where we'll really walk through the process of what the design of the model is, what the pricing and financing options are, and how they can appeal to different um, populations. So we're really excited to launch this in the community and start getting feedback and um, to take clients for our first group build. Yeah, we're really excited um, to kick this off and you know get moving forward. And um, again, if anyone has any questions or knows of anyone that might be interested, uh, check us out. We'd love to um, hear more about, you know, your interest and uh, how we can maybe find some solutions for you. So that's a great segue into my last question. Where can people find your business online? So you can find McCallum and Tyson Development on Instagram, Facebook, and our website will be launching soon. Uh, we will be doing some promotion with our social media campaigns. So hopefully you will um, see us in your feeds if you're local in Windsor and Essex.
Um, but you can definitely find us on the web. So you can find elevatepodcastco.com um, and also on Instagram and LinkedIn, um, as well as, of course, the podcast um, Made It Happen podcast on Instagram and LinkedIn and website madeithappenpod.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, ladies. For anyone listening today that's interested too to learn more about our Epic Venture Women program, you can also learn more on our website, which is epicenterewindsor.ca. And I am welcome to answer any questions or have any conversations around uh, women in entrepreneurship, but also anyone looking to start a business. Uh, I'd love to have a conversation anytime. So thank you to our, our guest here today and, and Sarah as a guest on her own podcast. Um, it was fantastic chatting with you. So thank you so much, ladies. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.